the time for children this morning. I'd like to invite all the kids forward for our time together today. Hi, Hank. Good morning, Margaret. Hi, Miss Kobe. Hi, Wesley. Good morning, Bennett. Hi, Colt. Hi, Bear. Good morning, Casey. Hey, Cooper. Hi, Ryan. Good morning, Madison. I'm so glad to see you all in worship today. I saw you in Sunday school earlier, gathered around, doing our stories. And now in church, we have a new story. And uh, our next Bible story that we're about to read, uh, now Jonah has a story about a fish, but we're going to be talking about a little bit different kind of fish. Do you see this? I would like to show off my artwork. If you would, if you would like to meet the artist, she's right over here. This is a Michaela Self original. It is. She made that. Isn't that amazing? Can anybody read what it says? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. We're going to see this story here in the Bible. Oh, can you see it? Yep. You were going to read it about where Jesus goes up to some people, some brothers that are fishing, and says, Come, come, follow me. And I will make you fishers of people. So it got me to thinking, have you ever been fishing for fish before? No. I want to. Yeah? What do, you, what do you know about fishing for fish? What do, you, what do you need to fish for fish? What do you think, Cooper? Fishing rod. Bait. Think? Oh, maybe, maybe some nets or something made out of rope. I'm sorry, what did you say? Fishing line, fishing hooks. What else? The most important thing, fish. You need fish. You, you have to go to a place where there's fish in the water. Water, maybe a boat. A tackle box? A tackle box. Have all your gear in it and supplies because you might need a few different things while you're out there. Okay, one more. What do you think? You might need some food for yourself. It might take a while. To catch the fish. And you might not want to eat what the fish are eating. So if we're going to fish for people, what do you think, Jesus, what do you think we would use for that? Because I'm thinking, you know, Jesus isn't going to be using hooks and nets. I mean, it would be kind of funny to go out and just like put all your people in your school in a net and bring them here to church. But I don't think their parents would like that very much. What do you think we need to fish for people? Your voice to call them. I love it. What you think? Your, we, need, you need, we need good attitude and you also need love. And good attitude. And courage. Love. It's courage. Tell me more about courage. Why would it take courage to fish for people? Because uh, you, need to, you, need to have, uh, you need to um You need to be brave enough and you need to, um, you need to be brave enough to make new friends and got to be a little brave to extend your, your yeah branch out and extend your friends. what do you think Ryan confidence confidence do you know where that we get that confidence from <laughs> yeah it's good to be well cared for mm-hmm. you see what's in the middle of the fisher what you think <clears throat> yeah yeah your heart, your heart. yeah it is. Like those, are made, those are made of nails. Isn't that Ooh, cool? And she wrapped all that string, string around it. I wonder which one you think would be harder, fishing for people or fishing for fish? Which fish. Is, 
fish might be harder? What would so what would be hard about fishing for fish? What would be forever and it could take a long time. Yeah, some physical exertion needed. Some of them might slap you in the face. Yes, the fish are very feisty sometimes. Okay, you ready? I'm gonna wait till we're ready. What about fishing for people? Um, but I think most of the time it's easier, well, at least for me, I think it's easier to fish for people, but for some people, they just don't have, they just don't It have might depend. Yeah, sometimes they don't have the courage or they don't have... It might depend. But this is what God calls us to do. God called Andrew and Peter and James and John and said, you. You know what I always thought about this story? When I was a kid, I was like, you mean he just went up to strangers and called them and they came? Like, were they crazy? But, you know, we don't know what happened the day before and the week before and the month before and the year before. I kind of think my guess is that they knew Jesus already. They knew something exciting and amazing was going to happen. They knew him already. They had known Jesus for a long, long time. And then Jesus said, come, it's time. Let's go. And they followed so, I don't know if for you it's harder fishing for people or if it's harder fishing for fish. But I do think we will all be listening, all be listening for when Jesus says, Come on, it's time, and show us where to go. Can we pray this morning? I wonder where that will take us. Colt, you want to get in on this prayer? Grab a hand. Yeah? Dear God, thank you for calling our names and showing us the way. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. We love you, Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. For the next few weeks during this ordinary time of the church year, which will take us through the Sunday right before Lent begins, I believe that's February the 11th, we are going to do a little um, lectionary, I don't want to call it an experiment, but for lack of a better word, I'll call it that. We are going to be in the first chapter of Mark until then. Um, the lectionary uh, has the gospel readings from the first chapter of Mark. And it is really interesting, if you have time, to sit down and read the whole chapter. It's kind of like the gospel of Mark in microcosm in that first chapter. Mark begins with Jesus of Nazareth telling the good news of the kingdom of God. And we've got the story of John the Baptist. We have Jesus going to the Jordan to be baptized. We've got Jesus going into the wilderness to be tempted. And then we have Jesus calling the first disciples. And we've got exorcisms and we've got healings and we've got teaching all in chapter 1. And so 
we are going to spend some time there. And so in chapter 1 of Mark's Gospel, we're going to begin reading this morning at verse 14. Listen for the word of God. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is a word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O God, our rock and redeemer. Amen. So during Pastor Caroline's uh, time with our children, Josh and I were talking about fishing. And my confession is, I don't even like to bait a hook. I I, I can't... I cannot bring myself to kill a worm. I'm sorry. I, I, just, I just can't. I can go crabbing with chicken, chicken legs, but, but to get a live cricket or a worm and spear it, can't, I can't do that. Um, and so <laughs> that actually kind of matches my aversion um, and challenges with the word evangelism. We'll get there. So Mark's gospel begins, boom, by telling us what time it is. The kingdom of God is at hand. It is God's time. I think we've talked a little bit before about those two Greek words that both mean time. One, chronos, which is like the time on our watches the 24-hour day that we divvy up into sleeping and eating and tasks and mile-long to-do lists that can't fit into 24 hours, that kind of thing. And then there's kairos, which is God's time. Now, I don't know about you, but I think chronos is a little enslaving, right? It seems like there's never enough time to get done what we need to get done, what we would like to get done. And some days I just want to be able to throw it off and kind of keep my own time, Val's time. But God's time is something else altogether. And so as Jesus has come from his 40-day sojourn in the wilderness, and he's decided it's time. 
And he is walking along the Sea of Galilee and he calls Simon and his brother Andrew proclaiming that the kingdom of God is at hand. He is referring to Kairos. And I think that implicit in that invitation, amongst other things, is the invitation to Simon and to Andrew to kind of stand up on tiptoe a little bit and look beyond Kronos into Kairos. To look beyond the enslavement of day-in, day-out calendars. To look into a bit of eternity as much as they can. Jesus also tells them something really interesting. He says, I will make you fish for people. King James Version calls it fishers of men. But in the Greek, it actually translates into English a bit awkwardly. From the Greek, it's like, I will make you to become fishers of people. I will make you to become a being word. Jesus is inviting, inviting those first disciples into a new way of life, asking them to stand up on tiptoe, to look beyond their own time, to see God's time unfolding around them, and to take on a new way of life. Mark reinforces his telling of time by using the word immediately. He uses it twice in these few verses, and we see it over and over and over again in Mark's gospel. Mark wants us to get God's time breaking in on us. And Jesus' work are signs of that time breaking in. The exorcisms and the healings and the teachings, that's God's time and kingdom at work amongst us right now. Do you remember when you heard the call? For some of us, we are baptized as babies. And we live our entire lives with that sense of being called and claimed by God. And for others, we are baptized maybe as children, we can remember, or as teenagers, or as adults. And we can remember a time in which we heard God say, follow me. Do you remember that time? But the second part of that call is how we respond to it. It took me 14 years. I didn't get up. As quick as Simon and Andrew and James and John. It took me a while to figure it out. But there is a response that is a part of, a part of that call. God calling us into God's time. Jesus, He calls the disciples And as they travel together, he lets them know that he wants them to do the same work that he's doing. 
He wants them to respond to the call by taking on a new way of life, a new way of being, and a new way of acting in the world. So, my aversion to the word evangelism, which comes from the Greek euangelion, which means good news. Sharing God's kingdom amongst us should be good news, yes? Well, when I was in youth group, growing up in another tradition, the youth director gave us each a pile of pamphlets and took us to Town East Mall and dumped us out and said, Go. Fish for men. I was 14. We were supposed to walk up to people and say, if you died tonight, do you know where you would go? I'm serious. It is sobering as a 14-year-old to have to walk up to someone who's your senior and ask that question. And then hand them a pamphlet. I think what is missing from that model is what Jesus calls us into. To enter into a new way of life, we need each other. We need to build relationships in which we invite and encourage and hold each other accountable and to remind each other, especially if one of us gets too wrapped up in Kronos to remind each other that Kairos is what is the name of the game, not Kronos. God's time, God's kingdom amongst us now. Evangelism 101. Hear the call. Number two. Respond to the call. Build relationships. Everyone you encounter should have a sense that they're encountering someone a little different. Someone who's defined by the ways of compassion and mercy and grace, which are the defining virtues of God's kingdom. We had a family friend um, who was raised in Europe. Didn't know anything about the church. Didn't know anything about Christianity. Didn't know a thing about it. Not... He wasn't averse to it, just didn't know anything about it. And after being around him at family gatherings for two or three years, he came to me and he said something so humbling. He said, what's different about you? What's different about you? Well, that opened up all kinds of doors. That should be the mark of who we are as called and claimed people, is people wondering, what's different about you? And then building the relationship so that those conversations can happen. Jesus says, follow me and I will make you to become fishers of people. It is God's way and it is God's time. Amen.